Hello, it's me. It's hey, it's Jake. It's episode uh, 243. And I realized when I was getting ready to, let's turn that off, that uh, I had misnumbered last episode as 142 when it was supposed to be 242. I, it's, uh, I don't think it's necessary to correct that. But, uh, you know, that's just part of the um, charm of this podcast is that it can be a while between podcasts and I can misnumber them. But it's 243 right now, uh, give or take. And uh, what else? It's been a while. When was the last one? June 12th. What's today? July 14th. So um, it's about a month. And that's my fault. Uh, obviously, how could it be your fault? It's not your fault. <laughs> Please. If you're holding yourself responsible for how often this podcast comes out, uh, you could let go of that. It's my fault. It's not your fault. It's and totally his fault. Yeah. That's my wife, who's also here today. She's my guest. Surprise. Spoiler alert. Oh, my God. You're supposed to say spoiler alert, and you're supposed to wait till I point to you. But this has been a problem in our in our marriage. Is uh, <laughs> I never she, wait for the pointy finger. Come will, on. She will not wait till I point at her. I I I don't know if you experience, if you experience these problems where you are, but anyway, it's got to be a relief to you that you're not responsible for how often this comes out. The reason, uh, if if I may offer this as an explanation rather than an excuse, because uh, excuse Michael Jordan says it's not it's not a it's not a a failure until you make an excuse. So I'm not making an excuse. But the reason that it's been a while is because I got sick. I had this sick thing where I could not uh, get, I could, well, I could stand up to go to the toilet, but just barely. I, I was on my back for a few weeks. I'm still not completely back. That's the kind of trooper I am. Now I want some credit for how long it's been because it could have been longer than this. All right. That's where I'm coming from. Give yourself a break, but also give me a break. What about that? Okay, finally, it's about me. This is what I've been waiting for. Hey, how, how are you? I can't hear you, uh, listeners, but uh, I hope you're doing well. I'm sorry it's been a while. And to my guest today on episode two, 243 is my wife, Belinda Wayman. <laughs> now I'm pointing at her. <laughs> now I'm allowed to talk. Hi, everybody. It's uh, good to be here. It's good to have him back in the... Uh, upright vertical position rather than the horizontal mainly which it was for two weeks yeah so that's good some weird virus everybody nothing worse than that just these viruses these days they're worse than they used to be they last longer they're gnarly and you just have to um ride it out uh you need lots of love lots of uh liquid painkillers if you've got a headache and then patience and something good to watch on netflix Yes. Um, um, and a really nice nurse like me because... Yeah, that's... How, what, what, what was the thing that you loved most that I did for you when you were sick, darling? Uh, one time, well, a couple times then after this, but one time you asked me if I wanted anything and I said, because it was true, I really would love a grilled cheese sandwich. And then you just made one for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that was a miracle, everybody. That was a miracle. I made him a grilled cheese sandwich. Now, the thing that re the thing that you said was really amazing was that you wished <laughs> for it, and the next it felt like the next second I was putting it in your hand. Yeah, you I just mean, handed it to me. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I actually turned it. into. Well, my back yeah. was turned when you asked me that, mm. and I and I told you, and then the next thing you know, you were handing one to me, and uh, you know, a, a lot of people have a fantasy that that's what marriage is going to be like. You're just going to <laughs> express your needs to the other person. And then before you even understand what happened, they're going to gratify them. But uh, that's often not the way marriage works. I'm not complaining, but uh, it's a two-way operation. And then people are busy, busy grown-ups are busy doing busy grown-up things. Yeah, sometimes you, you have to wait till you gr for your grilled cheese till she comes home from work or, you know, has run an well, errand or something. Or my advice to all the people listening right now is make your own fucking grilled cheese. And uh, that's that's some stuff. I don't know why that's not a t-shirt, but uh, get to work, Internet. Um, oh, it was so my pleasure to make you a grilled cheese sandwich when oh, you were sick. Was so, well, Come it was on. so sweet. Anything I, mean, I feel like I don't... I, I, I'm not happy I was sick, but sometimes I don't realize how much you love me until I get sick and you're completely taking care of me all the time. 
Yeah, I was on the internet researching Lyme disease. I was making him appointments at the doctor. (laughs) I was taking him in there. I was giving the, he was telling the anecdote or what it was like to be sick. And then the doctor would look at me and I'd say, okay, well, this is what I'm observing. And then I would. Yeah, well, you're doing more than observing. You were doing a little bit of Google doctoring. Yeah. Well, I, but but as your number one advocate, that's what you're going (coughs) to do. I mean, I wasn't too crazy. I don't think. No, well. And I also, I was the one who called it right in the beginning. I said, I feel like I'm watching one of the horrible viruses I've seen our kid have this year that are really, you feel completely exhausted. You have a horrible headache. It takes ages to get well and you just have to ride it out. And that's and, what's been going on. And that's on. what it was. I did a little bit of, um, I tried to go back to jujitsu last week and I did two days just for those of you who are following my um, wrestling career. And uh, I was so exhausted that the next i went tuesday and wednesday and for the next thursday friday and saturday i was pretty poop but today i decided i was going to exercise and i did a little jump roping and uh i feel good about it and i know what i'm going to do tomorrow i'm not going to jujitsu i've cleverly scheduled some home improvement people to come during the time when i should be going to jujitsu so i can't go yeah we have cleverly scheduled and just i just want you um listeners to know that i did try to say hey i think jujitsu two days in a row you know wrestling other big boys not a good idea but you know this part of this part of you taking care of me is not so to my liking i like to feel like i have some autonomy in deciding when i feel better or, or that I don't have to run everything by you. But then the after the fact, telling me that you knew it was a mistake, that it just it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel really great. Right. No. Okay. All right. Well, I don't want to be, you know, um, emasculating or any of those things. So, yeah. Okay. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Back to you. No, back to you. Mm, hello. You're, yes. <laughs> you're the guest. Oh, Right, I'm in the pink chair. And so you're here to talk about things. So we can talk about all kinds of things if you want. It's the anniversary of your expertise, your area of expertise, since you've been back to university. You have a degree in environmental uh, studies, and so you know about the environment and climate change. We both believe in climate change, so that's great. Sure do. That's great. And we believe the earth is round, right? Uh, Sure do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we believe that people went to the moon. Sure do. Yep. And 50 years ago today. Uh, I think I thought I think it was a little bit later than today that they landed on the moon. But it took them eight days. The, the round trip was it was an eight day round trip. It's not so long. We're going to be spending less time at my parents for their 60th wedding anniversary. Right. And then it took Neil and Buzz to go to the moon. The other, who's the other guy? And come back. Buzz Aldrin. No, I got Buzz. I got Buzz and Neil. Who's the other guy? Um. Oh, God, I was just reading about him this morning. Mm. Now You don't want to be that other guy. Okay, you're going to look that uh, up. Well, this is... But I, I also want to tell I can you look today, it up, but this, this is one of the hallmarks of the podcast, is how long does it take before you're in uh, and you don't know something, and it's about eight minutes today. Because yeah, it's kind of a bummer for that other guy that we can't remember his name. Well, yeah, I... I just saw Buzz at an, an environmental event not long ago. He is pretty fun, and he always wears that really great space suit kind of suit, but it looks like a He has space a space suit that he wears? Well, he wears a really shiny suit that sort of looks like it's got stars and moon. You know, it looks really celestial. Really? Is there of. a way that I can get one of those? And he's got his, he's got his medal on you know, and his, um, that he got for going to the moon. Yeah. And um, he's, just, he's just really great. I mean, he always remembers you from the last time that he met you. <laughs> Well, just you say that he met you before, you we met before, and then he says, well, yes, of course. Yeah, of did. course. No, no, oh, you know what it is? Because he has been to, uh, oh, what's the beach in New Zealand called? Burning Fonga, Man? Fonga which oh. is this really not very beautiful beach in New Zealand where I once spent a summer. It rained and was windy. It was so freezing every time we went into the ocean. Fonga Paroa. Fonga Paroa, yeah. And, and if anyone out there would like to guess what two letters that starts with. yeah. Well, it's like Fokatani and it's uh, not, Fogare. It's, it's not F. Yeah, no, it's and not it's F. Not it's not PH. No, it's WH, everybody. So when you're in New Zealand and it's a WH, it's a F, F sound. So we have towns that sound like... Yeah, so you see it written down and you think it's pronounced Wakatani, but, but it's, it's pronounced Fokatani. Yeah. yeah, so get ready to have some fun when you're... Oh, you're going to love it down there. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So you it's and Buzz the... have been to the same beach. So we've been to the same beach, and it was so funny, because, you know, as soon as he found... He sort of talked about it, and he was like, you know, it was an... You know, I won't tell you what he said. So sort of said the asshole of the earth, or he made a really funny like kind of comment about it, and I said, yeah, it's not a very beautiful beach, and it's windy, and you know, 
but he kind of couldn't believe that that's where he had to go for some niece's wedding or something. And I said, yes, of all the places in New Zealand, there are much more beautiful places that you could have gone. I mean, it has its own beauty. I you know, can't completely say it's not beautiful. But that's the thing that you know, Buzz and I have in common is the Central Hawke's Bay um, uh, coastline. And what did he do? What did he do while he was there? He had a niece was getting married, um, is, is how I recall the story. So uh, Buzz and I have a New Zealand connection. We're actually like that. You know, we're we're pretty. So tight. you're pals. Yeah, we're pals. We're pals. We're pals. Um, yeah. Michael Collins uh, flew oh. the command module. Okay. Okay. There was an article in the New York Times today where I read about it. I can't remember. I believe I forgot his name just in the few hours since this morning when, when I was reading about him being in the lunar module all by himself and how waiting he was alone up there and they're down on the moon. Of course, he can't watch anything on TV. He can talk to them and hear them on the radio, but he can't see um, Neil Armstrong stepping onto the moon. Right, he can't see the great leap for mankind. He just hears it. Yeah, mm. and, and also he was talking about how, you know, there is a possibility that when they take off, it was a little crazy when they were landing and they only had like 30 seconds left of fuel it was they they, they thought it was going to be smooth but it was rocky and so that neil armstrong had to kind of look around for the right spot to set down and they had 30 seconds of fuel meaning like if he couldn't land within that 30 seconds they had to floor it and go back up because they would otherwise run out of gas and not be able to get off the moon so wow. oh so we imagine land- if he had to abort the emission because he couldn't find a, a smooth spot well they did so many trips where they just would orbit and then come back. They did, a, they, you know, they did these partial runs. I don't know how. I think they might have gone up with a lunar module and kind of went down a little bit and then not landed and then they went up. But anyway, they were talking about how the eventuality of, let's say they blast off from the moon and for some reason they can't connect with the other capsule. Well, they, Michael Collins said, look, I wasn't going to commit suicide if I couldn't connect with them. I was coming back without him, you know, wow. and they knew it. Wow. And I knew he, it. We didn't even have to talk Mars? about it. Didn't he watch how those, the guys went back and they got Matt Damon? No, of course not, because it was before. But Yeah, know. that movie came out later. Yeah, no, but, way, way later. But I, I just can't imagine that you'd leave your guys. Well, there do. Well, the, there was no way to connect with them. You could just be up there and talk on the radio while, while everybody died. But I mean, the first thing they would have said to him is like, why don't you go home so you can live? <laughs> Oh my God! Imagine that conversation. You know, no, going these back guys to were Canaveral, these guys were friggin' macho, life on the line guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought in Mars when they get project, you know, they go around the thing and it's the orbit and they sort of get catapulted back. I thought that I know it's a that movie, was pretty I crazy, know. but that's yeah. that's pretend. I, yeah, and, and, I, and I do know the difference, everybody, between real and pretend. Jake thinks sometimes I don't, but I do. I totally. Most do. of the time, you do. We Facts all get and we all get a little confused between real and pretend from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no need to don't don't beat yourself up too much yeah. about that. Either. I know that Sansa Stark is not my friend in real life. She's not even real. No, yeah, and that she's not. <laughs> my, yeah, she's not real, and she's not my friend. Though I don't know if she's the Game of Thrones yeah. character who would be my friend. She was just the one I thought of then. Mm. Um, but do you know what else July Fourteenth is? That we <coughs> today. Yeah. Today's July Fourteenth. Yeah. Yes. It's what? Very but not to, day not to you listening. To you listening, it's tomorrow, because I'm going to put this out on Monday. Who puts out a podcast on Sunday? Um, only a loser. Yeah. Right. So uh, it's Bastille Day. So this is the day when the French revolted, you know, in 1789. They mm. told those... They, 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 they were going for their monarchs. They had Maybe. enough of the aristocratic monarchs, the people at the top. Yeah. When that income disparity between the top and the bottom gets to be too big, and then there's a lot of people at the bottom who are broke. Yeah. And eventually, they're sick of eating bread. Eventually... They break into the prison, and then they cut off all the rich people's heads. Not all of them, but they do their best. They try. They're yeah. going for all of them. Oh, they're going for the biggest majority they possibly can. Yep. Yeah. Well, they, they cut off the kings and the queens' heads. And then, and mm-hmm. then, they form a democracy. Yeah, they form yeah. a republic. Our democracy and their democracy are, you yeah. know, kind of sister. Yeah, republics. I chose sisters just because you're a lady and could have said brothers. But I think sisters is better for democracy. Yeah, and they call them sister cities, not brother cities. No. They get on better if they're sister cities. Do they? Do you get along well with your sister? Um, Don't forget this is on the internet. Everybody can hear it. (laughs) I've got great sisters. Yeah, thanks. And a lovely brother. Very good. I steered you out of that one. Yeah. (laughs) That's me taking care of you. Yeah, right, exactly. You were ill, and now you're better, and thanks for taking care of me. I appreciate it. You're most 
welcome. Can I um, ask you some environment? Oh, here's an environmental thing that I heard about today. Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, you tell me yours, and then I'm, I'll tell you mine. Yeah. Well, mine's more of a silly one. It's just get us started into the environment. Not really silly, but there's a Swedish. Um, we were talking about Sweden earlier today. Mm-hmm called uh, fligskum or something like that. There's a there's a word in Swedish called fligskum and it's meant it's a it's a meaning and I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but that's ballpark. Sorry to all the Swedish people listening right now. Someone will call you up and But it's a know. word that the Swedes are using for guilt uh, about flying on airplanes because oh. of the giant f- carbon footprint mm. of people flying on airplanes and now it's a thing Swedish people are experiencing because they're Hyper tuned into this climate. I believe in climate change, but I'm I'm not I'm not ready to have emotions about uh, how guilty I feel about flying because I have to fly for my job, which I'm not even plugging my gigs right now. But people can look that up on my website, jakethis.com, and I fly to those gigs unless I can drive to them. But uh, we'll go by train. Well, train in America is Greta Thunberg, the young Swedish girl who's become you know the sort of you know poster child of climate change, is going to travel by boat to you know come to the U.S. for a conference because she's not flying anymore. And I heard an academic the other day saying, you know, who's a big climate change person, saying she doesn't go to all the conferences anymore because she's not going to fly. So if you know well, she only goes to ones that are really necessary, and if she can travel by train or you know do it an alter- alternate way, and then in ten years. We're all actually going to have to be thinking about, you know, what are the necessary plane trips. People don't like that, but, you know... Um, well, they're not going to do it. I don't think they're going to do it. Unless it gets mandated. Well, you, they'll, people will try and cheat. There's some naughty cheaters out there. How much less of a carbon footprint is there on an ocean liner than there is on a jet plane when you're crossing the Atlantic. That's what I'd like to know. Well, yeah. Oh, you look right at me like I would have that number. Like, just, You're the yeah, environmental comes... studies person. Yeah, I'm just right. a comedian. Yeah, you're just a comedian. Yeah, of course. Well, let's let's Google it and see if we can find it out. It would be um, way less because you're not taking off, you're not landing, you're not flying at 35,000 Well, 35, the boat's not 000, taking off and you know, landing, but feet. how many people are on the boat and how much gas well, is it using and what kind of a fuel, you know, Blurred glug, is it yeah, well, shooting into the ocean? Fuel. They're all yeah, pooping. Days and all days. those people are pooping into the ocean for days and days, as opposed to just a jet flight for a few hours. All their garbage. Yeah, all, all their, their garbage, garbage yeah, right no, in the no, ocean. No, no, it's, it's weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yes, no, it would be interesting to know what the carbon footprint is versus, you know, but and I'm all sure the if I go snacks there. that they have on the boat that are individually wrapped in plastic. Whereas you only just have a couple of snacks on a plane because it's only a few hours. Right. But what about when everything comes in plastic, you know, and you get plastic utensils? I know a lot of the airlines are doing really great. So thank you, airlines that are getting rid of single-use plastics. And, um, you know, one of the things I just want to say very quickly about that, the thing that's sort of amazing to me is it wasn't that many generations ago where we were so much more sustainable as far as, you know, single-use plastic because we use things that we did, you know, wash and reuse over and over and over again. So things weren't single-use. Airplanes used, you know, you got stainless steel knives and forks. Yes, so well, at the beginning of they plastic... They did come in a plastic bag, but we could, we could put them in a little paper bag and put But at the beginning of plastic, when we, like... Before we knew? Which is not maybe... I wasn't here for the beginning, beginning, because plastic got created in, what, the 40s or the 30s or something like that. It's but, really in the 50s where it started taking over, but, so... But so when I was a kid, there was there was a thing where now we're going to use paper plates and now we're going to use plastic ext- utensils because you don't have to wash the dishes. It was such a labor-saving convenience of like, we're going to put this in a plastic box so you can take it home. Isn't that great? It won't get crushed in your bag. And that's all we were thinking about was the convenience of it because no one told us, oh, hey, BTW, that plastic is going to be around forever for the rest of Earth. Yeah. And certainly for the rest of your life and everybody who's alive on Earth right now, yeah. that plastic isn't going anywhere. Unless well, we burn it, yeah, which yeah. is... Yeah, really gnarly, because then you create dioxins, and they're the most carcinogenic. They're completely disgusting and horrible. So the fact that now all well, the big plastics manufacturers, you know, Unilever, you know, Dow, Coca-Cola, are telling the, you know, the developing countries, you know, burn it, you know, is so wrong, because they won't put in these, you know, if you want them to, you know, make the uh, waste to energy, you'd have to have very efficient... Uh, incinerators, they don't want to help them, you know, put in that kind of infrastructure, but that's what they're telling them to do. And if they just, if you just burn it, it's, you know, terrible. Terrible. Yeah, completely terrible. But if terrible. you burn it to make it into energy, you're at least getting a benefit out of it. But are you saying that there's a safer way to burn it to make it into energy where you can kind of ca- capture the, the, 
other naughty chemicals that are... Yeah, they, in theory there is, but people don't like the gasification model at all because the fact is, is we need to be reducing the amount of plastic that we have in the world and not just coming up with a way to deal with it because well, the problem... No, just hit me, because the really important statistic that I think your people want to know is because of fracking, we have all this ethane and methane gas. They turn that into ethylene. And we are going to be increasing plastic production 40% in the next decade. So when we should be decreasing at 40%. We're increasing the, it. Yeah, the fossil fuel industry, because you know, plastic is a hydrocarbon. It comes from you know, fossil fuels. The fossil fuel industry is getting ready to ramp up. They've spent $189 billion on cracker facilities where you make plastic in the U.S., China, and Europe. They are getting ready to make way more single-use plastic and then tell countries where we ship it. You know, the, our, Just burn it. Yeah, well, they do, you know, they do, they would like them to recycle it. You and know, why Why more. are we making so much more plastic now? Because we can. Well, no, it's because of fracking. We've got more hydro, we've uh, a higher, easier, cheaper access to these uh, petrochemical To the feedstock, to the feedstock, yeah. basically, that makes it. So what happened was when Obama was in and he, you know, he loved the idea of fracking and natural gas being the bridge to renewables. And in a way, you know, natural gas can be because the thing about a coal-fired power plant is it has to be turned on all the time and burning. You can't turn it off and on. Coal just has to burn all the time. So whether people are using the energy or not, the coal is burning. With natural gas, you can ramp it up and you know, ramp it down. So it works with solar and wind, which are, you know, solar's happening during the mm. day. What happens at night when we need solar, when the, you know, the sun isn't out? Well, then we turn on the natural gas so people have got energy at night. But I always knew when Obama was, you know, frack happy that this was not a good idea. And obviously now, you know, I mean, they knew at the time, you know, it's it's contaminating the water supply. It's terrible. They don't have to disclose the chemicals that they're yeah. using. I mean, there were a well, million things. Well, that's the thing is you, you had me at contaminating the water supply. Yeah, right? like, yeah, wait, yeah. We can get some more we can get some more petroleum products, but uh, we just have to ruin our water supply. It's like, well, well that seemed like a bad trade. Yeah, and then now we have all this ethane and methane gas, and that turns into ethylene, which becomes polyethylene, and polyethylene is, you know, plastic. So you have all this what's called feedstock, and they're getting ready just to make way more single-use plastic. So the polyethylene is kind of a byproduct. They can they you can make the energy out of the rest of the stuff, and then they get this polyethylene. What are we going to do with that? Make it into plastic? Yeah, so they've got all this methane and ethane uh, gas, and then they can ship that in all these pipelines that they have to wherever the cracker facility is, or they can you know put it on you know they they can take mm -hmm. it um, uh, you know they can transport it to uh, you know to China to Europe, and then in a factory you then you know or in the plants the cracker facilities you turn it into um, ethylene, and that's ethylene is the you know plastic. So polyethylene, so is polyethylene, is ethylene is it a byproduct of making energy, or is it a just like oh we're we're using something that we could make into energy to run our cars and our factories, and instead we're making plastic out of it? Well, he, so during the um, when you're uh, um, you know when you get the oil and when you're just you know you're distilling it and you're turning it into all these different so you've got you know so when you go down into an oil deposit you've got coal you know is there and then on the top of coal is the natural gas one of the things that we're doing now here in California because all the easy to you know to extract oil is gone so the fracking in California we're not getting natural gas we're getting the hard to get oil because now it's not just sitting in easy to get deposits that you just go down with a straw mm. and start sucking it out now it's in the rocks that so we have to dissolve or blast away the rocks with fracking or acidizing. But plastic is a hydrocarbon, like, you know, coal. I like understand that. My question is... Yes, that... It, during, you, I, is it a choice between, hey, natural gas, which I can use to cook my food, or plastic? Or is it uh, is the thing, we're getting the natural gas to cook our food, and then also we get this stuff on the side that we can make into plastic? Which Which of those is it? Methane is natural gas, so you can use it for both. You could either use it to make to to. But for, it's either one or yeah, the it, other. It could so, be so, so you yes. could you could burn it to heat or make electricity, or you could or you could use it to make plastic. And so that's my question: is why make plastic with it? Why don't we just use it for our energy needs? Because we all know plastic is bad. So ethane. Um, the thing is, I'm not so sure about that one. I know methane is the actual natural gas. And then the thing is now we just have so much of it. So we have so much of it now, we can use it. Might as well make some of it into yeah, plastic. Yeah, plastic. Come on. Let's just go for it with the plastic. Let's just make as much plastic as we possibly can. What Who doesn't love plastic? But I, can I just tell you one other thing that people need to know? I would love you to tell me another thing. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah just one more thing. That's going to be my line. Like, uh, uh, So... 
They knew back in 1969, 1970, that just after we landed on the moon, just out. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah, this is a big time in for science. We knew then that plastic was ending up in the ocean and was not biodegrading, that it was sticking around. And they Mm -hmm. were having conferences, scientists, you know, marine biologists, you know, scientists and the plastic manufacturing industry were meeting and talking about it. They knew it was a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's when the whole, you know, the 70s was when all, you know, the crying Indian and, hey, you know, people make pollution. And when we got told it was all our fault, so, you know. Um, manufacturers, the industries paid It was our that. fault for throwing it on the side of the road. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't but our fault. Because, well, they made it. They, they made it. Have, they could have not made it. But they kept it on the down low that it was going into the ocean. Yeah, they kept, They kind of said, look, well, yeah, this we should really think about this and form a committee. And 50 years later, we're still thinking about it. Well, yeah, but 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 also to turn the tables to sort of take all the producer responsibility away from them and to put it onto the taxpayer and municipalities mm. and naughty people. So we've been paying and doing all the cleanup and recycling, you know, for well, plastic. Whereas industry just they just they're, we're going to pay one way or the other. I mean, you do get that right if if if, if you say oh petroleum industry, plastic manufacturers, you have to pay for the cleanup of this. Well, then that just increases the price of the thing that has plastic in it and then you have to pay then. So it's you're either we're either right, but we're either you... paying for it in terms of our taxes and environmental cleanup stuff where where even people who use less plastic are paying the same amount as people who use more or we're paying for it as like look you 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 bought the thing in the plastic bag so you got to pay for the cleanup of the that all these bags. I uh, yeah, but the thing is if they you know the, the, the not having the responsibility and not having to, you know, have like a circular uh, model for the um, manufacture of the of the plastic item, the recovery of it, recovery of it, and then using that plastic item to make more plastic items. I mean, that is something that has to be you know mandated because right now, also because there is all this feedstock, it's cheaper for them to keep using virgin plastic and making it from new rather than recycling. Mm. So yeah, I'm not quite. If answering. we could raise the yeah, if we could raise the price of the new stuff. In other words, if it, yeah, if you were making the manufacturer pay for it and they were passing it on to the consumer, then the consumer would say, "Hey, look, this is too expensive. Use the recycled stock, which would be cheaper because that's already in the yeah." I get it. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you think is worse, plastic in the ocean or CO2 in the air? <laughs> The hydrocarbon that you can see. Not that it's a choice between those two. And the fishies are eating. Or, you know, so I read a thing the other day. Oh, this was so terrible. So, you know, we know that we're breathing in plastic now, that, you know, microfibers are in the air, they're in the water that we drink. Mm. So I read a thing the other day that said... They're in our food. The fish eat it, we eat it. Yeah, the fish eat... No, but they're in our food because they're in the air. I mean, the microfibers that are in the, you know, the elastine, the nylon, the, you know, the fibers that you wear that are Mm man-made, you know, your stretchy jeans, you know, that's just not... That's not cotton anymore. That's now got plastic in it, you know, elasticine. And so... Ooh, I hate to think that uh, this is somehow going to affect what Beyonce is allowed to wear. Yeah, well, uh, sorry about that, Jake. <laughs> I should have talked about. Yeah, you should have told me before that that was a concern. I want Beyonce to wear her really fantastic tight spandex, well, not everybody, curve gripping. I don't. You know, I don't demand everyone fabulous. to be able to wear to wear skin tight to uh, elastic clothes, but mm. I do feel like some people. It's a necessity, and there should be some place where they can go and plead their case and go, yes, of course, Beyonce, put that, yes. Yeah, but look at all the that. mountaineers, all the, you know, I mean, you know. Oh, it's all the terrible. Surfers are that where, was, you know. That, that was actually a joke. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, a joke. Oh, right, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm supposed to, I knew it was a joke. I'm supposed to <laughs> um, signal that I get that it's a joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just glared at him like Beyonce. I know, this uh, is how the, it works. The gold You get standard. a grilled cheese when you're sick, and then you make a joke. <laughs> I laughed at one of your jokes the other night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't expect everyone to be a home run, uh, even if you're a comedian. No, of course. So, um, so, he, so I read this thing the other day saying that human beings, on average, that we're ingesting fifty thousand pieces of microplastic a year. But how big are the pieces? Well, they're teeny tiny. But I need to know the total weight. Fifty thousand pieces. The tinier they are, the worse because then well, they right, can pass the blood pieces brain could barrier. Be, if they you say. cut all those pieces in half, then that's a hundred thousand pieces. Or yeah. it could all be but one if they piece. Break if down it was, into an, what if into it was just? Nano. What if all of it was just one big giant piece? That'd probably be better because yeah, you, you had a chance poop of it out. 
Yeah, you could poop it out. Yeah, well, I doubt, but this is, they're small enough now, if you break, they break into a nanoparticle and they're small enough to cross a cell membrane, that's when we're in trouble. So here's the thing that I always, you know, when I'm working on the plastics issue and I think, okay, the thing about the plastics is they are the very visible hydrocarbon, whereas the CO2 and the methane in the atmosphere, you don't see those. They're gases, they're invisible. I mean, you see the big horrible smoke coming out of refineries and that's awful and you see the exhaust coming out of a car. But the plastic, people are up in arms about that because you can see it and it's disgusting. And when you see the poor, you know, dolphin and the turtle with a straw in its nose, everyone has a, oh my God, you know. And then when we knew that there were micro beads, you know, tiny little plastic beads in our whitening toothpaste and facial scrubs, everyone, you know, didn't matter if you were a Republican or a Democrat, you were like, oh, yuck, I don't want to be putting little plastic beads in my mouth. And so that was a bipartisan issue. And Obama was able to sign the Micro Free Beads Water Act federal of um 2015 so we don't we're not brushing our teeth with microbeads and then spinning it down the drain and then having it turn out in, into and our fish rivers and then and, we eat the fish yeah well we've banned those and it came into effect in 2017 somehow it got under the radar of the you know the evil you know empire that is the epa right now they didn't notice that one so that one became law but and then tons of other countries are doing it as well. You know, all these European countries have done it. You know, New Zealand did it when Jacinda got in and in her first week. Apparently, New Zealand didn't actually have microbeads in their products or it wasn't really a thing, but she did that. I mean, she's cool. We love what she does. Um, but so what is worse? So I think, I think the plastics thing is really terrible. And I think when it comes to climate change and hydrocarbons, we have a threefold thing. And one is climate change and the car, you know, the the hydrocarbons that are getting into the atmosphere and heating up the planet and two is all the co2 that the, and the heat that gets absorbed by the ocean and the acidification of the ocean which is huge because the ocean is 71 percent of the earth's surface 95 percent of all um biomass is in the ocean you know there are more you know animals plants in there than there are you know out here um hardly any people though yeah yeah well they- Lucky ocean, <laughs> but we, <laughs> yeah. I mean, here so you we got that joke. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we are on terra firma, thinking we're, you know, we we rule it, and we do rule it, but not in a very good way. So, and and then the the, um, you know, and then the plastic, and I think the plastic, I think climate change to me is the biggest one, obviously, right now because we are really um, jeopardizing the life support systems that we rely on and by what we're doing to the weather and to our ability to grow food and you know the flooding and the fires and the storms and all the things that are happening and all the climate refugees I mean people when you look at this mass exodus of people who are leaving you know northern Africa and the Middle East and heading to Europe and when we look at the people who are coming to America I mean you know, farmers in Central America are starving. I mean, they've had drought, and so they're hungry. And when people, you know, when you look at what the push factors are that push a population to leave, they're environmental. When they talk about um, uh, Arab Spring, you know, there was a uh, a drought in Syria that farmers were starving. That's why two million of them, you know, left the countryside and went to the cities and said to Assad, "Hey, look after us." And suddenly, there's a civil war. This was, you know, climate change. So. The refugee thing that's happening and this crazy, you know, swing to the right and this nationalist, you know, we can't let these other people into our countries. This is climate change. It's happening. It's game on. And so I think that, yes, the CO2 in the atmosphere and the methane in the atmosphere, to me, are the most important. That's the big one. But they're all three related to human activities. Yes, and to fossil fuels. They all come from fossil mm. fuels. We're taking out, the, you know, the dead animals and the plants from millions of years ago that, you know, got crushed down into, you know, coal and oil down on the ground with some natural gas sitting on top of it and then we discovered it like yes yeah, so hey it's think, great when you, you burn think that the tyran- tyrannosaurus rex is is extinct for you know how many millions millions of years mm. you think once you're dead for a million years you're harmless 65 you're million years but no you're not. no you're not no we burn you and you yeah i mean they say that human beings would have never survived if we'd been around when the dinosaurs were here they just sort of eaten us climate well, now, change is revenge of the dinosaurs exactly this is karma but not really, because we didn't we didn't make the dinosaurs go extinct. It was a meteor. No, we didn't. But it is nice to think that we somehow had something to do with the demise of the like we conquered the dinosaurs to take over the earth. But that's not what happened. Well, if you were a creationist and you believe that the world you know the world was six thousand years old from when God made it, and you know the God made the dinosaurs. what did happen to the dinosaurs? Creationists, tell me that. Yeah, we vanquished them. Well, now the going theory now is the meteor thing, right? A combination of the meteor and the volcanic. 
Yeah. Remember we just listened yeah, to that book yes, all about... Yes, I do remember. <laughs> I wasn't going to really kind of go into how I knew that because you knew the same thing that I knew and I was just trying to make us both look smart. But yes, no, that's a book that we listened to. Um, uh, <coughs> well, so it's easy for people to be listening to this now and thinking this is all terrible. It, it's climate not. change, plastic, eco-news, it's all terrible. But in fact, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on... Mm. I have a podcast, and I'm thinking about starting a little YouTube thing. S- surprise! I have a YouTube channel. You could you could check it out, and I'm going to start adding things to it. You already have a YouTube channel and an Instagram, and it's all around. What is it all around? It's all around the good eco news. Because here is the thing: there is so much doom and gloom. So I'm an environmental communicator. Before I went to school, I was a, a journalist. Well, the first thing I did when I left school, I was a journalist. And so then when I was in university and writing my, you know, 14,000 word research papers on climate change, I'm like, who's going to read this? It's fantastic. But um, so then I started turning them into uh, 800,000 word blogs. And then 800,000? 800 to 1,000 words. Sorry, 800. Yeah. You've got to keep it. You've got to keep them short and sweet. You've got to distill down the science. You've just, got to- for, just for reference mm. to people who might be listening, when I was doing the David Letterman show, that was usually about... 650, 700 words. So that's, yeah. you've got it down to just over that, just about yeah. a five minute. Yeah, yeah. So it would be a five minute read. And then, so it's taking really, you know, big issues like antibiotic resistant genes, um, you know, climate change, the Sierra snow melt, you know, what that means for, you know, California's weather, blah, blah, blah. Um, so then I just, so then I, yeah, so I, now I have this YouTube and my thing is to really, po- you know, uh, concentrate on the positive because there are all these amazing things happening and people don't get it because journalists get told to be sensational and you know scaremonger tactics and and there's not I don't think in my humble opinion enough you know column space or airtime spent on the good stuff that's happening people are always saying where's the good news so where it just and what I want you to talk more about it and mm-hmm. some examples but first where where is the good news it's on my channel it's all Belinda's good eco news. God, it's like you don't know anything. That's when you say the name of the thing. It's Belinda's good eco news. Is that what your YouTube? That's is what called? I just said. But your YouTube isn't called Belinda's good eco news, isn't it? Belinda Weymouth. Yeah, it's it? Belinda Weymouth. And then when you go on Belinda Weymouth, then then it's called. But when you're googling this, yeah. as I know you will, or maybe you use Bing or some Yahoo, but uh, when you're searching on your internet device for this, you want to search. Good Eco News, but really, you're going to get there even faster if you type in my wife's name, which is Belinda, B-E-L-I-N-D-A, Weymouth, spell that. W-A-Y-M-O-U-T-H. Some smarties think it's W-E, but mine's with an A, so W-A-Y. It's way as in a lot, way (laughs) and mouth as in mouth, a lot of mouth. Yeah, that's me, everybody. Um, So... So do you want to know some good news? And it's on, okay, so right, it's on YouTube. That's where you can get the longer videos, and they're not that long. They're five five to ten minutes. You can easily do this on your pee break or your smoke break from work if you're still smoking. Oh, my God, what are you doing? Coffee, when um, you're having a coffee. When you go to Starbucks and you use maybe your pooping. reusable cup. Maybe you're pooping. You Put a... your headphones in while you go take a poop. You can listen to one of these things. Super relaxed. So appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> so they are. The They'll YouTube, really help. The YouTube is that, and the Instagram is just you, Belinda Weymouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah everything's under Belinda Weymouth. The Twitter, <laughs> the Instagram, the... Um, but, you know, it's interesting because people are really, you know, they want to know the good stuff. And because they don't realize, you know, you think that we're going to hell on a handbasket and, you know, we're, you know, completely doomed. And then... You know, you, you find out stuff like, you know, because someone said to me that, okay, what is the good news? And I'm, what, I said, well, okay, did you know that in the past decade, solar generated electricity has increased by 5,000% while coal has halved? So that is huge, but people don't know that. You know, people don't know that in the US alone. So there are more people working in solar than there are in. Uh, natural gas, coal, and oil combined. 187,000 people, I think it is, work in those three um, industries, coal, oil, and gas, natural gas. And then it's 387 million who are working in solar. And when you, you know, and then when you go to coal miners, so coal miners are less than 70,000 um, workers in the U.S. And, and people who work in renewables altogether, if you put wind in there as well, are 500,000. 
So the fact is we're already making this huge shift and there's already this you know huge uptake you know in renewable energy our city santa monica we went to 100 percent renewable electricity in february as did you know culver city and beverly hills ventura county practically the whole county went to 100 percent renewable energy we have these things now they're called um community choice aggregators and they're all over california and so communities are able to say Hey, this is, we want renewables, and you know you can opt for you know 100%, or if you want less than that, you can have less. But most people in Santa Monica are getting 100%, and there are now eight million Californians out of 42 million Californians who are getting, uh, if not all, um, a big majority of their electricity is renewable. So coming from hydro, solar, or wind. So that's good. That is good, that's news. good news. So we're yeah. making progress. Some yeah, yeah. people are having good things happen. Yeah, and I was, and there was a thing today about coal miners in Pennsylvania. They know that climate change is real, and they know that they have to shift to different industries. And not um, all of them. No, but a lot of them do. Their thing is don't lead with climate change when you're talking about it. Lead with how you'll get people jobs, and that really is the important thing because people need jobs. I mean, both are important. But when you go into a community that has been really devastated by the loss of jobs, which is happening in the, you know, I mean, I know we have a person in charge right now who said that he was going to bring back coal jobs. You can't. The writing's on the wall. Coal is not. Who um, wants to be, I mean, apologies to coal miners. I, I, I'm not saying who wants to be a coal miner because coal miners are terrible, but who wants to go 5,000 feet down into the ground and breathe coal lung. dust all yeah. day. Nobody wants to do that. No, they don't. And then the environmental, you know, dis catastrophes and disasters that get left in their communities when they leave. I mean, in the Appalachian, that mountaintop mining that they've done with coal, you know, just mm -hmm. blasting the tops off mountains. I mean, houses are covered in black coal dust. All the water is wrecked. The kids all have asthma. They have, you know, I mean, we need a different form of energy. And so they know it. And, you know, that's where uh, Alexandria or <laughs> Ocasio Cortez. He's just making a funny look right now. Well, I was just, I was just kind of thinking about how this started off with goody goody news, and then you're blasting the tops off mountains, and people are dying of black lung, and you know the goody news and the bad news are next door neighbors a lot of times. But what? Tell me about Alexandria. AOC and and some other. Um, I like to say say her whole name. Alexandria Ocasio Ocasio Cortez. Ocasio Cortez. So they are going on a listening tour um, through coal country to listen to coal miners. You know, hear what their concerns are because what people you know they think that the Green New Deal is just about climate change, but the Green New Deal. It, I mean, a huge aspect of it is the social justice aspect of it, and that people need jobs, and that we can you know, retrain people and give them these amazing jobs in clean energy. Well, and this is the thing. A lot of people, I think a lot of people are, a lot of the people who are choosing to not believe climate change are people who just think, if I believe in it, it's a huge ass pain. It's easier to not believe in it. And there are people who don't believe in it. So I'm going to not believe in it. And then everything is fine. But the fact is, by not believing in climate change, you're you're really missing the boat on a lot of great opportunities because most of the world does believe in climate change because most of the world are what is rational and these these new industries in solar and uh, solar and wind and and who knows what other kind of modern Can I interrupt you? ways of producing clean power are are going to be great income you know for somebody most. Americans believe in climate change, that it is happening and it's bad. So this is the other that's thing. One that's one of your good eco news things. Yeah, I just did an eco news thing on this because it's so I watched it. crazy. You did? Oh, yeah. did you leave a comment? You asked me to watch it. Oh, no, you no, said you would. People need to. You asked me to watch it because you had a specific question and I watched the whole thing and then I told you. My, my, oh, that's right. That yeah, was you. Yeah, that yeah. was me. Quality control. It was between grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, yes, so. Most tell me that good eco news again. We're really you're not you're telling me. You're telling yeah. them no. <laughs> so the thing is, is that Americans on average have this crazy perception that only fifty-four percent of Americans believe in climate change. They say liberal Democrats believe sixty-three percent of Americans believe in climate change, but the average American 
But actually what it is, is 69% of Americans believe that climate change is happening, that we caused it, that it's serious and something that needs to be done about it. So what's happening here in this country is that people are self-silencing if they mistakenly think that the person that they're talking to doesn't think that climate change is real. But the fact is that most people do think it's real. So the self-silencing means that Number one, we're not talking about it as much as we should so that people, you know, and the fact is that most of us are really, really concerned. And and so we're not letting everybody else know that we're really, really concerned. Or if you live in a community where everybody believes in it, but you have family who live in a community that doesn't, you're, you know, not talking about it when you talk to them when you should be talking about it. But then the other thing is we're not changing policy fast enough because we're not telling our elected officials. And that's why, you know, what I said in my update was, you know, it was so the environmental advocates were upset that during the presidential, the Democratic first presidential debates in Miami, which is a you know town that's going to be you know drowned by climate change, you know only 15 minutes of airtime was spent on climate change, and I was like, 15 minutes is the good news. When Trump and Clinton were, you know, Clinton gotten two mentions, one in debate one, one in debate two. Climate change wasn't mentioned in, in the third debate. This is 2016, and 2015 had been the hottest year on record and they were already when they were debating there were these massive records that were being smashed and the moderators didn't ask Trump you know a single question which but was, this time this time you know yeah they got right in there well it's only Democrats so far but yeah Trump, yeah Trump he's going to get in there he's they're going to yeah, ask him and they're going to ask, ask him, him yeah they are because questions. it's you know you can't ignore it now so this to me is good and the fact that we you know when you realize that everybody the majority of people, the super majority of people are concerned, then that gives you permission to talk about it more. And we, we already are. The Green New Deal is out there and, you know, the needle is being pushed and it's, you know, back on the agenda. And the fact is it's been on the agenda in meaningful ways. And I could go through that, but that's sort of revisionist and we're dealing with where we are right now. So we don't need to sort of go back to 2019. Right, and this is not the last conversation we're going to have. 2009, obviously. Yeah. 20. <laughs> so we're having a great summer. You've got some great eco news for people. Yep. They can go tune in at Belinda Weymouth on YouTube or on Twitter or on Facebook, W-A-Y-M-O-U-T-H, Belinda, B-E-L-I-N-D-A. And uh, we've got a big trip coming up in a week to go visit my parents for their 60th wedding anniversary. Yeah. Um, I know that we're both excited about that trip (laughs) because my parents, I feel like my dad is hanging in there for this vacation, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to pass away right after anything, but uh, but he's not he's not in his best shape, and so it's going to be uh, fun to see them. But also, it's you know because my sister never got married, and we only have one kid. The only new members of the family are you and our daughter, right? And so yeah, no pressure. It really is like a reenactment of my childhood with the original cast and an audience of two people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's going to be fun, and you can look forward to that in episode, uh, well, it, I don't know if it's going to be on episode 244, but please check out Belinda's YouTube and go on my YouTube. It's it's just been stand-up. I haven't posted in a long time, but I'm going to put up some uh, YouTubes of me talking about things to people because it's all about, I don't know why you're just listening to things anymore when you could look at things. When you're pooping nowadays... You don't just have to listen to things. You could look at things. You could look at it with subtitles. Do you have subtitles on your videos? I don't have subtitles because I feel like mine are short enough and, you know, mm. part of it is the listening. And also it's an ass pain, the typing. Mm. Right? Yeah, no, I hadn't even I hadn't even looked into it. I sort of feel like, yeah, look, you, you've got your earbuds on. You, you know, you put those things in. It's pretty easy. I like listening to things. I'll yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, I'm a listener. I'm a listener. I'm yeah. a reader, but I'm also a listener. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can do both. All right. Well, um, the thing I always say at the end is uh, don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. And thank you to all of my uh, people who are still listening and uh, people who are emailing me. Uh, thank you for emailing me. And I'll get, we'll get into talking to you about those things uh, when I'm on the next time this talking, talking show. 
So oh, can I just say one thing as well? I would like for you to say one thing. Okay, <laughs> just one. Yeah. Can you keep it to one? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know no, if I can. You can Probably say as not. many things as you want. Well, the, so the one thing I'd like to say is if there's any eco thing issue that you're really concerned about or sort of keeps you up or that you'd like some answers on, um, you know, send me, uh, uh, you know, that query or a question because if they you can know, tweet you, you they can tweet can me, Instagram yeah, message yeah, you, yeah, DM me on they Instagram. Can uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you can message people on YouTube. Don't put it in a YouTube comment. But, but do when you watch her videos, like them, subscribe, and uh, comment because that helps her to go up, and the, then other people see them, also. Um, so you can. Instagram and we can all get message. feeling positive, which is you know where we want to be. Yes, because the, the more people that know the good news, the more motivated you are, and the more change the change happens faster. I would like a happy. I would like a happy protest. You know, where we get together. Yeah. And we're all really celebrating the fact that we're going to change something. That's yeah, what I want. me too. I yeah. mean, and also I'd like a grilled cheese. And let me tell you something. If you're listening to this right now, uh, you, you put a slice of turkey on that grilled cheese, which was also something that Belinda was nice enough to make me when I was sick. It takes it to the next level. You add a little more protein. And when you're sick, well, even when you're not sick, protein is good for you. Okay. Um, it doesn't have to be animal protein. I guess if you're vegan, that grilled cheese with the turkey sandwich is... Not your idea of a good time. You do but vegan, vegan cheese. You know what you're doing. Yeah, vegan cheese. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on vegan cheese. Um, and it wasn't just, I just FYI, that also wasn't the only thing that I made for him to eat. <laughs> there was so many things. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I've already said like how great you were. It sounded like I got one grilled cheese sandwich. I mean, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, all right. So yeah. I'm going to play the theme music. We're going to, this is it. Happy Monday, everybody. Or whatever day it is when you're listening to this. Whatever whatever time frame you live in. See ya. Take this.